0: Hello, and welcome to A Cup and a Conversation. In this podcast, we'll be talking with Jeff Cassioppo of Ram USA, Roof Asset Management. Jeff is president and CEO of Ram USA. His company is headquartered here in Brunswick, Ohio. I'm Grant Ongst. I'm the Community Economic Development Director for the city of Brunswick, and we're excited to have Jeff here. Jeff, welcome. Thank you, Grant.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you here.
0: Well, Jeff, you've got a really interesting background and an interesting company. Ram USA, uh, you basically photograph buildings and structures and roadways, and you almost like x-ray them. Tell us what Ram USA does. Well, Ram, you're correct, Grant. We're very unique. We, uh, we have some very
1: unique construction diagnostics, and what that does is it allows us to reduce capital expenditure, uh, expenditures while we uh, are able to reduce landfill waste as well. So it's not very often you can make the, uh, the capitalist and environmentalist happy at the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so, you know, in doing a little homework and research on your company uh, beforehand, uh, I found some interesting things out there on the World Wide Web. And uh, one of them described you your company as an architecture, engineering, and design construction firm. You kind of encompass a lot of those things, but tell me how you describe your company.
1: So our company, I guess if we want to frame it, you know, is basically an engineering and um, a construction technology company um, in a nutshell.
0: With a big emphasis on technology.
1: Correct. The, the diagnostics and technology, and you kind of hit the nail on the head when you mentioned uh, like an x-ray you know we're able to analyze large portfolios and infrastructures, whole cities, uh, as well.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, backing up a little bit, so our, our listeners can understand. So, your background is kind of interesting. Uh, so, you grew up uh, in the Chicago area. That's correct, in Northbrook, yeah. Illinois. Yeah, and how how'd that work out for you? I know now you're in Ohio. It's it's even better. Well, Northbrook was a great uh, suburb of Chicago. you know, who
1: was known for the skating capital of the world after the 72 Olympics. Uh, We had four Olympic medals, but we had the most ice rinks per capita. And I'm an ex-hockey player and enjoyed growing up there, great life. Um, Fast forward, my claim to fame is I've been transferred to Cleveland twice. Um, I've been in Cleveland more than 30 years and consider the Cleveland land area home. Uh, The big step was when I started rooting for the Browns over the Bears, um that was the
0: well why wouldn't you
1: (laughs) well if uh you followed the 85 Bears when they won the super bowl we're still living off that in chicago (laughs) well
0: it's been a while for us also yes yeah so but your your company uh you so so you got done with with school i know you went to college and and you uh graduated from loyola that's correct? correct And uh, you did a stint up at Marquette as well. That's correct. Yeah, and in between there, you played a little music, and we'll get into all that uh, from uh, in a little bit. But uh, then at, at, after you graduated, you got into the uh, into this industry somehow. How how did you do that? So my first career outside of uh, college when I graduated was with
1: Honeywell, and basically it was a sales engineering job. Um, I ultimately worked on um, building automation. And uh, so it started off with commercial um, security, entry management, fire systems. And then ultimately, I was able to work on new construction for high-rises in Chicago. And that was a pretty exciting job. Oh, yeah, that would be pretty neat.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when you say say, uh, automation, building automation, what's that entail? So back in the old days, um, you know, and this is
1: in... The early to mid 80s and basically it was a smart building so it was the first generation of you know entry management systems lighting you know where you walk in a room and the lights go on and back then that was okay. uh, pretty powerful very much and so. you could control who goes in certain sections of buildings with entry management it integrated fire security CCTV, they used to call it, so surveillance, right? Uh, And that was all integrated into one package, which represented multi divisions of Honeywell, and it was uh, the new construction division. Okay, and so I caught on commercial developers in Chicago and worked with them and tried to sell, you know, the Honeywell solution. Then, um, with that, it dovetailed into an opportunity with a company called Tremco, which is um, now currently owned by um, RPM, which was owned by B.F. Goodrich. That's where I got into building facades, so roofs, walls, below grade waterproofing. Okay. And fast forward, I've been doing that um, thirty-five plus years since.
0: And and how long has uh, RAM been
1: available? RAM has been around. Uh, we created RAM about thirteen years ago.
0: Okay. Thirteen okay. to fourteen. Terrific. And and if I if I remember correctly from our conversations and and uh, reading up a little bit about the company, which is really fascinating, and it's and. And a company like yours, it's not about the number of employees, it's about the quality of the employees and, and what you really achieve out of that with technology, I think. Um, and looking at it, you, when we talked about earlier that you have kind of x-ray a building, you literally, based on your information, you fly over a building and you, it looks like you photograph. Describe what you do. Sure, so it's a two-step process, and that's for our
1: aerial services. So we're not using drones. We have capabilities with drones, but drones are um, a very inefficient way uh, due to the limitations of drones, due to um, how quickly you can fly a drone um, based on limited capabilities of going in certain airspace, like if it's within a certain jurisdiction of an airport. So we've been using single engine planes. And we have a network of approximately 25 airplanes throughout the U.S. We do Canada, North America. And on those planes, we have an engineered hole in the belly of the plane. And basically, we have a, a – it's a unique – we call it football, um, almost like the nuclear football, because it has some very sophisticated technology. We have a strategic alignment with Flair, who makes all infrared. So this is primarily infrared technology. So kind of, you're describing kind of like a camera system. Correct. It's a camera system, but really the unique part is these are custom made for us by Flare. They're 6,000 frames a second, the cameras, 1,250th of a degree of sensitivity, which is the critical factor for infrared. It's packaged with the algorithms we've developed, the AI um, over 40 years,
0: and then logistics of the airplanes and coverage to do this cost-effectively. So when we talk about you scanning, so, so let's say somebody is using a, a device to scan paper. You, you literally are scanning a building, taking these images from the beginning of their property or their building to the end of it, and, and you can extrapolate from those what, what's there, right? Exa- uh, exactly. Exactly. So, for example, one of the very large
1: automobile manufacturers, we did a pilot for one plant. We scanned the roofs, the exterior lighting, and the pavement, which we have patents for that process. We could do it less expensive and more accurately than anybody. So what we're able to do, we saved four $6 million on unnecessary roof replacement on one factory. Um, that allowed, first of all, the capital savings. It didn't mean on the roofs. The roofs had problems, but we were able to restore roofs, keep that material out of the landfill, have a, a longer-term solution at a fraction of the cost. Then we uh, were hired to do 24, 25 more factories, just to put it in perspective. The logistics uh, with drones for retail, we do some very large uh, retail clients. We work with the two largest retailers, and... We were we did one project which entailed one hundred and sixty eight sites. They wanted to use drones, and we basically came back and said, we'll it'll be probably five times more expensive, a lot less accurate, and it'll take probably twenty times longer. so we could do twenty five to fifty buildings with an airplane uh, and the same time it would take with one with a drone to put in proportion. so that's very interesting economies
0: yeah so so you're not only you're not only uh, benefiting your client, but you're benefiting yourself as a turnaround time. That's correct. Yeah, because because just because you take these scans, these, these pictures, these infrared pictures, and you're getting all this data, now you've got to be able to analyze the data and show it to somebody that that uh, is a novice and trying to understand it. How, it what's that look like? You
1: no, know, that's a great point, Grant. So, um, so the, the biggest difference is back... And I'll call it the old days. We used to do handheld scans, and they're still being used. Um, and that's got to be a slow process. Very slow. On average, a good crew could do 100,000 feet a night. With an airplane, we could do tens of millions of square feet a night. So basically what we're doing is we're, the infrared for roofs is telling us where the roof has failed and moisture is getting in. So that's the cancer, and that's like the x-ray. Uh, We can pinpoint exactly where the problems are. Uh, Then, you know, once we have that, it's like a doctor having an MRI or an X ray when they see the patient. Then we send a crew on site and they have intelligence that you won't get through the human eye. And that allows us to be much more efficient and know exactly what's happening on the inside versus just looking at the roof saying, well, the roof looks like it's bad, so you need to replace it. It goes into the landfill. Um, roofing represents 10% commercial roofing of all landfill waste. That's a lot. And half the roofs that get replaced don't need to be replaced. And wow. it's, it's expensive, dirty, nasty, noisy. And then the other thing is it's
0: expensive. The cost of construction materials have doubled in the last uh, two years. Yeah. So, so what you're saying on that perspective, just staying focused on that for a moment, is, is let's say, let's say a, there's a large building. Uh, whether it be a warehouse or a school or some kind of functioning building that people go in and work in. And let's say that the building itself is a million square feet, and they've got some leaks or they've got a problem in some way with the roof. So what does a normal, normal uh, building maintenance company do? They come in and they say, oh, you got a leak. So, okay, we need to recoat this area. So we recoat the area, but there's another leak, and it just kind of continues. So now you're thinking, okay, I've got a million square feet. I better get a roofing contractor out here. So the roofing contractor comes and they look at it and they go, yeah, well, um, you know, we're really busy these days, but I'll give you a quote for uh, replacing the roof. So, but what you're saying is you might not need to replace that whole million square feet. Maybe you only need to replace 5,000 square feet. Correct. And repair another 3,000. So, so you come in with your scanners and you scan and you're looking at it and you're diagnosing that and you're saying, okay, here are your hot spots, here are your cool spots, here's where, where this can benefit you and and essentially the tenants in the building because they don't want to be living in water or, or other problem, that's, mechanical that's problems of, from, from the structure. So, so not only have you saved the landfill, which gives the company their ESG... Uh, Credits, which we can get into later, but you also get into um, better service to the end customer at the same time saving money, a lot of money, because roofs are expensive. They're priced per either 1,000 square inch or, or, or square footage, and that gets expensive, doesn't it, Jeff? That's correct, and the irony, Grant, is
1: a lot of times when a roof is unnecessarily replaced, it's usually an inferior product they're putting on now, um, compared to the vintage of roof twenty years ago. You know, so not only are you paying a huge capital expenditure, you're sending all that material to the landfill. A lot of it won't d- disintegrate; it's blown products, and you're you're coming up with less of a system and more problems. And that's the irony. You know, so you know the you know back in the old days, I remember my father used to say, "Measure twice and cut once." When we were doing little projects and there's a lot of truth to that so why not have the proper and accurate information before you you know s- spend all this money and, and send And we're all talking this about material.
0: millions of dollars being spent on these millions. Bills.
1: We're saving clients 6 million dollars in a shot on many cases. And we have a, a documented case study by uh, Jones Lane LaSalle with a large consumer products company in Cincinnati where we saved 8.8 the first project so the stakes are very high.
0: Okay. And, and, and you also uh, spoke briefly about a patent. I mean, some of your technology is, is really cool. I mean, for those of us that have been in the construction and manufacturing world before, uh, it, it, it's like a kid in the candy store, for example. And you have uh, a number of patents that focus on your technology. How did you get to that point of developing this technology and then being able to commercialize it? Well, one thing um,
1: that was critical, we met Jeffrey Banis, uh with Edwin Sisson and Associates and, and a great patent attorney.
0: And they're here in Medina County.
1: That's correct. And so, you know, having a great patent attorney, and patent attorneys are notorious for large fees, and they have been the most ethical... Uh, law firm we've worked with and such a partner and asset. So we've worked real close with them and we met them at one of your events, Grant. So, uh, so thank you for that. You're very welcome. And so, um, you know, so working with them as a team effort um, and protecting our company and then also being able to develop the patent. um, The challenge with developing a patent is you're kind of putting your recipe out there. And then, you know, some people think it's a liability because then you have to defend your patent. We've basically were able to develop a patent where if you look at a recipe, you're not going to be able to replicate it. Um, we've, we've forecasted that um, our, our technology, no one could replicate, would take them probably 20 to 30 years. And they would have to have airplanes. They would have to have uh, the know-how of the
0: infrared, the algorithms, uh, the whole process to be able to do that. Sure. And, and obviously there's not just you in the business and, and, uh, who, who, even though you're the leader and leadership is critical, what's the makeup of your company? How's it look these days?
1: Well, we, you know, we have a very neat business model as far as our company overall. Um, you know, we are able to cater to the whole United States, North America. We're doing projects in Italy, Spain, Ireland, which kind of gives me heartburn because you know we want to stay within our boundaries, but this is based on one of our pharmaceutical clients' in need, so we're happy to do that. Within RAM, um, my business partner Joe Cobb, uh, he basically has uh, developed this technology over forty years. He's an aeronautical engineer, and he's also a pilot. Okay, and so a lot of this was born by Joe's efforts and. Um, based on, there's been a synergy between Joe and myself, based on my experience, uh, my contacts, and being able to kind of package this into a very powerful um, uh, tool for our clients.
0: Yeah, that's that's really exciting. In fact, one of your clients, which you talk about on your website, JLL, um, you won back-to-back soda awards, which is kind of an interesting uh, name. Why don't, why don't you tell us what, what that is? Sure. So the soda award, well, first
1: of all, Jones Lane LaSalle is a large facility management integration company. So they represent the Intels, the Dells, a lot of um, um, very
0: great um, portfolio clients. So so it might be where JLL might actually own the building and manage it and these other companies then reside inside, or it could be these other buildings are owned by those companies and JLL comes in and they say, okay, we'll manage this building for you. So if there's a problem, you just call us and we'll take care of it. That's correct. Yeah. So their job is to get the proper decisions made and save the client's
1: money. So SODA stands for Supplier of Distinction. So basically 50,000 vendors internationally compete for this award. Um, no company has won it twice, and RAM is the exception to that. And we're we're more than proud of that accomplishment because we're competing against some of the largest companies in the world um, for, the, for the, this award. Um, so we basically say that's where the rubber hits the road. These are the people that know buildings better than anybody. Um, we've, they've vetted out our services, and we've done a lot of work with them over the last 12 years, and they've been a great strategic partner uh, as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, but you've also you've also uh, moved into besides saving people money and developing game plans for companies to uh, put roofs on so that they're 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 better than ever. um, You also have gotten into surfaces like roadways and parking lots and and uh, you know how does that work exactly?
1: It's Pretty powerful, Grant, and thanks for mentioning that. Um, So we're able, with our technology, able to measure the most minute crack, not only how long it is and how wide, but also how deep it is. And we're combining two technologies, infrared. So we're using cavity radiation to be able to tell how deep the crack is. And then we're actually using visual cameras to measure. uh, And basically, we've developed AI to measure all the cracks and spalls. We're able to do large portfolios. So imagine we were able to do for an automotive client um, over 100 million square feet of pavement. To do that the traditional way, which is manual, with a civil engineer, would have taken you know thousands of people to be able to do that. We were able to do that in less than a month at a, a fraction of the cost and a much higher
0: level of accuracy. Wow. That, that's really fascinating. So... Um... When you look at all this, I'm guessing that there are lots of roofs.
1: There are lots of roofs, Grant. I mean, (laughs) when you take a look at what the government owns, what the private sector owns, um, there is significant
0: um, square footage of roofing. Have you ever figured out how many commercial roofs there are in North America? Yes. Really? We
1: actually have GIS mapped every roof in the United States. So if you have a shed in your yard, Grant... I have it GIS mapped,
0: <laughs> and and so how much square footage is there?
1: Grant, I don't know off the top of my head. Let's okay. say a lot, a lot. <laughs> but okay, I could circle back with you. My That's team, okay. my team would know, and they'll laugh that I don't know that answer. But there's a lot of zeros behind a it. a lot of so. zeros.
0: That's right, and I understand that. So, so Jeff, uh, you know some of the things that uh, you'd like to do outside of outside of work. Uh, I understand is music. You're, yes, you're you're an avid. Guitar player,
1: yes, I've been known what, to love the guitar.
0: What is? T- tell me about about your music and your background in it, and how that whole thing started and where it is now.
1: Wow, that's a surprising question. I'm happy you asked about that. But uh, you know, I started playing guitar and got serious about it in seventh grade, playing in the first garage band and getting yelled at, and the police caught on us for being noisy. And fast forward, eventually I got in a very serious band when I was in college. They actually kind of toured between multi-states. And then finally I finished my degree. You know, the music was a love and a distraction at the time for college and getting that degree. And ultimately I finished, um, you know, and graduated at Loyola University. Um, And, you know, playing was kind of a side thing, you know, when you... Start your career, and then you start having kids and family. And, and now, uh, you know, I, I play every day. It's a great stress relief. I enjoy it. And my game plan is when I retire that uh, I will focus back on music. And uh, so I'm starting to jam around a little bit, but it's hard when you travel a lot. But Oh, yeah. Um, there's a thing called band mix which is kind of like the Facebook of musicians. Okay. That's pretty neat. So they'll come up, and I get a lot of people in Brunswick that are musicians that come up. Oh, interesting. And so remember, band mix. Band And, mix. and if you're a musician out there, sign up for it. Um, it's a very interesting thing. You could find similar people with similar taste and similar goals. You see people looking for full-time careers in music and people that just want to jam around and have fun and everything in between.
0: Very cool. So, so you talked about traveling and, and that uh, you'd like... There's always folding guitars, too, I've seen. Yes. You know, you could take those on your travels. And I, where are some of the places you travel to, Jeff, for
1: work? Well, let's see. Recently, I've been in Irvine, California. So we're doing a large aerospace company. And, you know, besides the diagnostics, we do design and, and project management for okay. roof and pavement replacement. So that's, that's a big piece. So we have, um, you know, a Cleveland-based corporation that has their aerospace division in Irvine, California, where they're building in the latest generation of fighters. And uh, so it's a high sensitivity, the leaks, and it's a very complex project we're doing there. Sure. Um, we are doing a bunch of um, storm damage as a result of the last hurricane in Florida. Oh, interesting. Uh, we have a large grocery store chain we work with there. And um, boy, the carnage in Fort Myers. I was there in, in February with my wife, Laura. And uh, and the things that we were at that were wiped out, um, so it was kind of sad to see. So, but so that's all,
0: actually kind of interesting because you, so you probably have before and after, yes, images, and and that probably helps with that whole other world of the insurance industry.
1: Absolutely, Grant.
0: Yeah, and you, so you could actually be a developer and builder's best friend, or you could be the biggest challenge based upon what your data shows. Exactly, very good point, Grant. Yeah, And, and are, you, are you seeing more benefit from your technology than, than folks saying, no, 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 fighting it, fighting it, because you're showing all this success?
1: Yes. And, you know, so people love to say when they don't know, they'll say, hey, what, how accurate can you be from the sky? And so when we're, we fly, on average, a single-engine airplane about um, 2,000 feet high, about 120 miles an hour. And if you see our imagery, our imagery is better than I can see standing above it. Um, so it's very powerful. And so I have, you know, the frustration in my world is, com- you know, competition saying, oh, that's no good. And they don't know what they're saying is no good, you know. And Because and they don't understand the they technology. They don't understand it. And I say that to the clients when I hear that, that only proves there were lack of knowledge. And, um, and we... By far, have the most accurate and the least expensive, and and again, that's another contradiction. It's hard to have both.
0: But but your you, you, your company really focuses on on efficiencies because of the twenty plus fixed wing aircraft you have uh, to service this industry. But but really, in many ways, structurally, you have these opportunities, but. You are a very high-tech company, and, and in that high-tech world, you have technology that others just simply don't have.
1: That's correct, and I think a good case study is what we did for NASA. We were doing GIS mapping and infrared analysis, and they're, they're not capable of doing that. And they also looked, you know, if you look at our website, we uh, promote that we have the most accurate infrared uh, in the industry. And that's been vetted out by by Flair, uh, who is the leader in infrared technology in the world. They've developed it and and most military applications are flare based and um, and also by NASA. And uh, so that's really the testimony to what we're we're doing here.
0: That's fascinating. But I'm looking at some of your case studies from uh, from your website, and uh, you show, uh, some pictures of, of of what it what the roof may look like, but then after you scan it, now you realize where the the weak points of that are. So you get these fancy fancy colors. You have red, yellow. Uh, I think you had some greens. Um, and so, how do you determine what's
1: red? So as part of our patent. These cameras, remember, they're 1, of degree of sensitivity, and infrared, the key, is sensitivity. The camera's speed, 6,000 frames a second, means we can fly as fast as we want. We could use a jet successfully and, and get this data. Um, the colors really are um, based on severity of moisture. So okay. when, when you have light yellows, it's a lower percentage. When you start getting an orange, and then to red, red is really saturated. We cannot tell you what the percentage of moisture is, but we can tell you within range. And so it becomes a great forensic tool as well from where that leak started because that's going to be the wettest and how it expands out.
0: And do you need heat to be able to do this?
1: Well, infrared is basically most raw infrareds are based on temperature. And so we need a minimum of 40 degrees and the reason is, once the moisture in the roof starts freezing, then it's harder to analyze. But as part of our patent, we have five key variables that are the nature of moisture. That So it's not just temperature, because temperature could be thrown off. So when you combine these four other variables with temperature, it's very powerful. So when we say it's moisture, we're 99.9% sure it's moisture. We have a process for false positives. Um, where our field team could field verify it, because things do get thrown off when you're in a large factory. You have, you know, heat units mounted to the structural deck right below the roof, so sometimes the temperature is thrown off, and we need to field verify things. That's the exception.
0: So, Jeff, I'm listening to you say this, and and clearly you are a leading expert in this field. Did you ever think when you were a young young kid playing playing guitar in seventh grade in your first garage band, and then playing hockey on the ice. And the only moisture that you care about in hockey is a frozen frozen lake or a fo- frozen arena. Um, that you'd be talking about roofs this way and and surfaces. Uh, no, Grant. <laughs> 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 no, not my wildest dreams. You were probably thinking that that, that I'm I, I'm going to play rock and roll for the rest of my life and have have an interesting interesting path.
1: Yeah. Well, at one point I wanted to work for CCM, which was the largest hockey manufacturer at the time. Then I wanted to work for uh, Gibson guitars or Fender guitars, and you know that that has changed.
0: But but uh, this this is really quite fascinating. And and you mentioned AI, um, in. So there are a lot of companies out there that that talk about AI artificial intelligence and and how it's being used but you you have a practical use for it a practicality where you can, you're actually helping the environment at the same time helping business be profitable that's correct that's pretty darn powerful
1: it it truly is and I think the testimony to that grant and that's a great point is when we present and if, we're presented as someone that knows uh, construction. We get the business. We have a very high close rate. It's just a matter of awareness and being a small company with limited, you know, resources. We're getting more and more as we grow, but that's the liability. It's just being able to get in front of the right people, and and then people have their own political agenda sometimes. You know, where they they have their favorite company they've worked with. You know, so you have those sure. politics sometimes. You have to combat.
0: Sure. But but it seems like you are you're winning on those battlefronts. Yes, and you could tell by the our growth rates. That's that's phenomenal news. And you also talked about um, briefly your design and project management. How do you do that? How, how does that work? So in our world, you know, there's a couple different components. So
1: we, you know, most of our competitors don't get involved in the structural engineering, uh, which we do, um, because we're dealing with mostly existing buildings. And the structure, you know, when you deal with roofs, uh, if you have a bad roof, the structure gets contaminated or if it's metal, it can rust out or concrete can uh, deteriorate. So we need to know that we have a good foundation structurally. So we make sure we include that when necessary. But then we use a team of what's called RRCs, uh, registered roof consultants. And it's a certification process very similar to a registered architect. So we have some of the best spec writers on our team Um, so not only do you get a superior product by that and the project management helps enforce that to make sure the contractor could bid on it and follow but not follow the spec if you're not watching them so that becomes very uh, critical for delivery is best design then good implementation and that's where you get the best long term the byproduct of this is good bid management People think you're adding cost when you develop a set of plans or blueprints, but the analogy I draw is you have builder A to build a house and says how many square feet, and you say I want three thousand square feet, and builder B says I can build that, but I don't need a blueprint. Would you build a house without a blueprint? That's like putting a roof on a building without detailed specs. There's so many shortcuts and ways to cheat, and you have this false sense of warranties in roofing. Yeah. Um, so warranties uh, give, I mean, they don't give, they take away from clients. So just don't buy a roof based on warranty.
0: Right. Right. Cause there is so much more that goes into construction of anything. Correct. Things that aren't covered by a warranty. Right. Right. So Jeff, we've reached a point um, in, in this wonderful podcast uh, where I get to ask all kinds of uh, probing, interesting questions. Where, where I throw things out and, and you just give me an answer. Like, for example, uh, best donut you've had? Best? Best donut. Donut? Yes. Oh, gosh, that's a great question.
1: Um, I think the local donut place here. Uh,
0: donut Land? Yeah, Donut Land. Okay. Sense. No, by far. All right. What, uh, what about being from Chicago originally? You've probably had good pizza. What's, what's the best pizza you've
1: had? I like Gino's or Lou Magnati's. Um, Chicago pizza by far blows away New York pizza. <laughs> Those sounds like fighting <laughs> words. By far, <laughs> not even a comparison.
0: So, so, Jeff, if you were standing in line, not that you do, but you were standing in line and you got to talking to a stranger and the stra- you had one bit of advice to talk, tell a stranger, what would that be? Is tell the truth. Because lies
1: catch up to you, and I always told my kids that it's tough to keep track. Uh, I remember I was artfully trying to get out of trouble when I was a little kid with my father, little minor <laughs> things, you know. Um, but um, but you always get caught, you know, and, and it's hard to keep track of that. So it is, and it's easier to tell the truth up front. You, you know, even like with white lies, when you know you're invited to something and you don't want to go, and just tell the people, "Hey, I'm sorry, I, I just don't feel like going today." Right. Right. and so we always have that debate.
0: Well, you know, the interesting thing is is that I think you're only as terrible as your worst lie. Yes.
1: You know what? That's very
0: insightful, Grant. So so Jeff, um what what would your favorite color be?
1: Blue. Blue. Why blue? I don't that's a good question. It's hard, you know, um, I always use color as an example of, like, if someone says, I don't know why I like it. I say, well, you like colors, and you don't know why, right? It just appeals to you. Um, but blue has always appealed to me. Favorite, maybe the sky. <laughs> maybe the
0: sky, yeah. And it's always blue and sunny in Brunswick, Ohio.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Fa- favorite subject in school? Uh, favorite subject in school was history. History? Yes. Any particular time period of history? World War Two Interesting. Interesting. And, and what about uh, favorite sport? Ice hockey. Ice hockey. So did you get knocked in the head a few times with ice uh, hockey? I've been knocked
1: out cold, busted noses a couple times. Uh, wow. So, yes. Wow. You were, actually, play, you were playing rough. Well, I played in a league after college where there were ex-NHL uh, players. And to be checked by an ex-NHL player, a very aggressive one, um, it's just like the cartoons you see those little stirs around the head, and I actually have seen those
0: so you you actually felt the wrath you knew you knew that there was a difference between uh um, really great amateur players and top pro players yes
1: there's a big step from from Meyer League to the real pros i mean there's yeah. a big step, especially with hockey and full contact, and you build a lot more momentum
0: on skates than you can on your feet, yeah. Wow. And and that goes true about knowing knowing what you don't know. For example, for 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 the people in the in the roofing and surface building envelope industry, what they don't know is the quality and services and the effectiveness that Ram USA can produce. That's true, Grant. Yeah. So good. so Jeff, are there any last comments that you might have that you'd like to share with anybody? Yes. Um, You know, one thing we love to
1: do is if there's a young person that's interested in drones, and we know drones and we have some of the best flare drones, or, you know, in, you know, a career opportunity, we're happy to have them in. Um, And we've done that before. Um, So we would be happy and honored to have any young person that's interested in a career in aerospace or with planes or with uh, construction technology it's a great field it's needed we're limited and it's the gift that keeps given because it's going to s- reduce landfill and it's going to help
0: economically as well that's great and and your website is www.ram-usa.com that's correct right so if somebody's interested they can reach out through that website uh, through your contact page to, that's correct get you. fantastic well i want to thank you jeff for for being here with us today and at cup in a conversation and sharing with us about ram usa roof and building envelope consulting and engineering that that you've started and founded and grown into <clears throat> quite a technology giant and we're we're thrilled that you're here in brunswick ohio we look forward to many more years of your success and uh, thank you for for coming James. And,
1: and grant i want to thank you for what you do for the city of brunswick you've been great you've been a great supporter and we uh you know, in all sincerity, you've been a great asset to the city
0: of Brunswick. So thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that greatly, but uh, I'm fortunate that I've got a phenomenal team at the city of Brunswick in planning and zoning and building and uh, in every other department. We couldn't do it without people working and talking to each other. And
1: if you're a business out there, I would highly recommend if you're looking to relocate, Brunswick is the place to be.
0: Thank you, Jeff. I'll take that. I'll take that (laughs) advertisement any day of the week. This has been a moment in time for A Cup and A Conversation. Until next time, enjoy your day.